coming up on The Potter's Touch. Nobody will know the struggle that goes on inside of you that while you are righteous about this, you are wrong about that. While you are spiritual over here, you are carnal over here. How dare you judge somebody else when you are running around with your blurred self. You mean you can't talk to nobody blind? You just one step away from blindness yourself. You're not clear on everything either. Greetings in the invincible name of Jesus Christ, our King. I am delighted and in fact, I'm excited to have an opportunity to share with you a word that is provocative, that is profound, that is powerful. I wanna take it out of its historical context, just sharing a Bible story and use it metaphorically to explain some issues that I think are relevant to your life, your situation and the greater world that we're living in today. And this is a troubled world. The message comes out of Mark 8, 25 through 31. It is a powerful message. I call it a blind world, a blurred church, and a bright day. Take a look at this. You're going to be blessed. He asked the disciples, who do you say that I am? Immediately our minds rushed to Peter's answer, but as we rushed to Peter's answer, we bypassed the silence of the 11. And I want to suggest to you today that the silence of the 11 screams much louder than the answer of the one. How could you walk with Jesus all of this time and not perceive at all who he was, not make any stab at all? In some ways, I am more embarrassed by the silence of the disciples than I am the confusion of the naysayers. At least the naysayers had developed some sort of opinion. But look at the masses of people that followed Jesus and could not make up their mind, didn't have the courage or the revelation or the understanding to even make a stab at who he was. And let me tell you something, it's a terrible thing to lead people who do not respect who you are. So I'm, I'm troubled by silent people. I don't need no silent people. I don't need no silent friends. I don't need no silent lovers. I don't need no silent family. I don't need no silent supporters. Don't love me in secret. If you're going to love me, come out the closet. If you're going to love me, open your mouth. I don't need no secret friends. I don't need no secret allies. I don't need no quiet witnesses. Come out, come out, wherever you are. Come out, come out, wherever you are. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then there is the amazing, amazing, splendiferous, magnanimous moment in which Peter says, Thou art the Christ. Thou art the Christ the son of the true and living God. This is, this is to me one of the most amazing moments in the Bible. Because in another, in another one of the gospels, Jesus reveals flesh and blood have not revealed this unto you, but my father which is in heaven. 
flesh and blood have not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. For Peter to know that Jesus was the Christ, Christos, the anointed one, the Messiah. For Peter to know that Jesus was the Christ and for Jesus to say to him, flesh and blood have not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. How did Peter get direct contact with the Father before the cross? Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. That means that Peter had stepped into some supernatural flow and had made contact with the Father without Jesus ever going to the cross. No wonder he said, thou art the rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, because the church is built on men who get direct revelation from the Father. Every now and then, God will send somebody and Show him something. Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Oh, have you ever had him show you something? Have you ever had him illuminate something in your life? Flesh and blood have not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. Oh, glory to God. That means that the heavens opened up. The heavens opened up. I know that the heavens opened up on Calvary. I know that the veil in the temple was rent from the top and the bottom. I know it was rent from the top to the bottom in the temple, even as the veil in his flesh was cut. That the cutting of the veil in the flesh was, was, was indicative of the cutting of the veil in the temple from the top to the bottom, and that the veil that was between the earth and the heavenlies was split open too, and that the veil between life and death ripped open too, and dead men were seen walking the streets of Jerusalem. I know that when he died, oh, see, I feel like preaching better than you feel like having church. I know that when he died, he opened up some stuff. Oh, when he died, dead men were seen walking the streets the heavens opened up. The veil in the temple was rent. The veil in his side was cut. Let me tell you, he is the way. That's what he means when he says he is the way. I'll make a way out of no way. I'll rip it open for you. I'll pull it back for you. I'll reveal myself in a fresh way because I am God and besides me there is no other. Look at somebody say, he is the way. He's not a way, he's not a way, he is the way. He's the way where there is no way, and before he let you miss it, he would rip it open to give you access into the next dimension. Oh, anybody carrying an access card? I got access. Oh, glory to God. I got something better than Visa or Discover or American Express. I got access in the name of Jesus things open up for me. They split open for me. They move out my way for me. He'll rip it open. I know you said I'm dead, but you won't see me walking. And all of that. 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 You see people around you praising God. The people around you that are praising God are praising God because God is opening up some stuff for them. Opening up things that were closed before. Opening up places that were shut down. Opening up revelation. Opening up grace. Opening up strength. 
opening up maturity. I want the people that have seen God rip some things open for them. Give God some praise right now. Glory to God. 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 This blind man was not the only one that was blind. He's a blind man from a blind city. Surrounded by 11 apostles that were blind and blurred and stumbling and struggling. And Peter had revelation, insight as to who Jesus was. He's a part of the story. But there's so much blindness, so much blindness in this story. I used to preach this message. You might even remember. I used to call it the second touch. Yeah. Because I would talk about the first touch when when Jesus touched him, he saw men walking as trees. And then the second touch, I would talk about how when they touched him, they opened his eyes. Well, what I was preaching was true, but I miscounted. Yeah, I miscounted. I didn't realize that what I was calling the first touch was really the second touch. Because the first touch came, Curtis, they brought the man to Jesus for him to heal him. Bethsaida was used to Jesus healing people. They were used to seeing him perform miracles. They brought him to Jesus for Jesus to heal him. And Jesus took him by the hand. That's the first touch. He took him by the hand and nothing about his blindness changed. What is it when you know that he has touched you and nothing about your condition has changed? I came to you because I was blind and you've been touching everybody else and they've been seeing you. And I was expecting when I made contact with you that my condition would get better. But he took him by the hand and even though his condition remained the same, he led him out. Ain't nothing changed, but we got a relationship. (laughs) The storms are still raging, but we got a relationship. The wind is still blowing, but we got a relationship. Your body's racked with pain, but we got a relationship. The first touch was not to heal him. It was to bring him out of the environment of doubt and fear and decadence and destruction. He said, the reason you can't get your breakthrough is that you've been hanging around Bethsaida. Oh, do you hear what I'm saying to you? Do you hear what I'm saying to you? I've been telling you for weeks, don't worry about having good seed. Worry about finding good ground. 
Because if you got good seed, but you're in bad ground, you can't get what you need. You know, when you think about Megafest, it's not exactly a conference. Uh, it's not exactly Disneyland. It's kind of like a hybrid. You got faith. You got empowerment sessions for business people. You've got first time, first seen movies, comedy shows, drama, dance. You say, why do it? I say, why not? Whatever you need, whatever will send you home better, revive spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically. It's here. It's now. Meet me at Megafest. Leading you out is a process. Here is your challenge. Can you follow me in the dark? Can you feel your way through it? <laughs> Can you go through a period that you'll still be faithful even though nothing has changed in your life? Will you trust me in the shadows? Will you still be with me when you got to just go by what you feel? Cause you can't see nothing, but I got you. You will notice that it does not say that the blind man took Jesus by the hand. No, because the blind man's grip could be broken. But it says that Jesus took the blind man by the hand. It's not that I got a hold on God. It's that God's got a hold of me. My grip may slip, but God has got a hold of me. Oh, God has got a hold of me. I can't see, but God has got a hold of me. Now Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John. It's always wow. about threes. Wow. My God, what in the world was I thinking about talking about the sucking touch? It's going to take more than two to get us home. Hallelujah. It's always about threes. The first touch pulls you out of it. Out of the environment, out of the influences, away from the naysayers, away from the doubters, away from the people who have defined you by how they met you, Come on, sir. who have called you the blind man. They don't even know your name. They call you by how they met you. Oh, but when I finish with you, I'm gonna define you. I'm gonna start you over. I'm gonna set you free in the first touch. Pull him out, and he is still blind. We have a world that God keeps pulling out. They are still blind. Pulling them out of tragedies, adversities, crisis, and calamities. They are still blind. The blind world. And then Jesus touched him. He touched him. When he touched him the second time, <laughs> when he touched him again, he says, what do you see? Every touch has a test. Every touch 
has a test. You cannot enjoy the touch if you're not willing to take the test. Every touch, I'm gonna say it again. I'm gonna say it till you get it. Every touch has a test. You can't receive this word and not be tested. You can't sit up under this kind of ministry and not go through anything. Every touch has a test. This is not for your entertainment. Every touch has a test. I'm not doing this for my health. Every touch has a test. So he touched him and then he tested him. Said, what do you see? He says, I, uh, I see men walking as trees. So this brings me to the blurred stage of the second touch, the blurred stage. He saw men walking as trees. And later when we read the story, we will find that the disciples knew that Christ was the Messiah, but didn't know that he would go to the cross. So Jesus is surrounded by people who could see men, but not see the tree. How could Peter see so clearly that he could make connection with the Father and see that Jesus was the Christ, but he was blind to the cross? And when it came to the cross, Jesus called him a devil and said, get behind me because thou savorest not the things of God. But yet just a moment ago, we were saying I was a rock. Well, I can be a rock about this and I can be a devil. Oh, y'all ain't gonna talk to me. Y'all ain't gonna talk to me. In, in the same story, the rock and the devil are all sitting in the same man. In the same story, he, he's rock about this, but he's devilish about that. I, I know nobody in here understands. Nobody in here understands, and I know you're too much church folk to admit that you understand. So if you keep looking straight ahead and look confused, nobody will know the struggle that goes on inside of you that while you are righteous about this, you are wrong about that. While you are spiritual over here, you are carnal over here. How dare you judge somebody else when you are running around with your blurred self. You mean you can't talk to nobody blind? You just one step away from blindness yourself. You're not clear on everything either. Living in the blur, I'm not what I used to be. But I'm not what I'm going to be. I am in the blurred stage. Stop making definitive statements while you're in a blur. Woo, that was worth getting out of the bed this morning. That one statement right there is worth everything you went through to get here because I have seen people kill their future by the decisions they made in a blurred state. You'd be surprised what you can't tell. If, if I take my glasses off, I can see you. I can see you, but your details get blurry. 
So I can't re really see you. I know you're sitting there. I know what color you got on. I know whether you're a man or a woman, but I can't see the details because I'm in a blurred stage. And for preaching, I can preach with my glasses on. But if I had to shoot a mosquito off the back of your shoulder, you wouldn't want me to shoot from a blurred stage. Do you not know every time you make a decision in a blurred stage, you're trying to shoot a mosquito with your glasses off? You're in a blurred stage. You got divorced in a blur. Some of you got married in a blur. Oh, God, help me. God, help me. Left cities, moved out of home, walked away from jobs in a blurred state, preaching in a blurred state, telling people who's going to hell and who's going to hell. How dare you with your blurred self try to tell me who's going, are you God in your blurred state? The Bible said now we see through a glass darkly. Then face to face. So you have to stand right where you are. You have to stand right where you are. Because you're in a blurred stage. I don't know whether to move or buy. I don't know whether to build or plant. Because I have learned the dangers of making decisions in the blur. The church is in a blurred stage. And if we would just humble down and stop trying to act like we can see more than we can see. What I like, you see what I'm saying? What I like about this man is that he was honest. He didn't try to act like he could see more than he could see. That he knew more than he knew. Most of what you know is what somebody read, what you read in a book, some man told you what you were taught. You think the way you think because of the environment that you came up in. Do you know how many people we have killed with conjecture? Kill, kill the prophets and thought we did God's service because we were a blurred church at a blurred state, shooting at people with our glasses off, killing opportunities, killing our families, killing men and women of God, killing our husbands, our wives. Who are you to be pastoring your husband? Shut up and be his wife. Get back in your place. You're in a blurred state quoting scriptures and you lying yourself in a blurred state. We will mess up people with false justice because we are in a blurred stage. In order, if this man would have lied about how well he could see, he would have never been made whole. What got him healed was not so much faith, it was honesty. It was the courage to say, I'm better than I was, but I still don't have it like I'd like to have it. I'm in a blurred stage right now. See, the devil doesn't want you to be honest. He wants you to be impressive. He wants you to walk around with your chest stuck out, guarding your reputation, making people think that you're more than you are. But the Bible said that if you humble yourself, God will exalt you. If you come down off your high horse, 
God will raise you up. If you admit I can't see as good as I would like, God said I'll give a second touch, but I will only give it to an honest man. Listen, Jesus touched the blind man and initially his sight was blurred. God's people sometimes suffer from blurred vision. Unable to see the needs of countless lives, unable to see themselves, unable to see the future. We are living in a blind world today. People are blind to the God who loves them. They're blind to how to get up, how to go forward. That's why our focus must remain clear, sharing God's message of love, healing, and hope. Jesus touched the man again, and his vision was completely restored. I want to take a moment and thank our global partner system members. We call them GPS. God's love working through us in opening and sustaining ways for people's lives to be better. It includes the emphasis I have on building hope for the next generation. We're building facilities and opportunities to transform the lives of our youth. We don't need our young people in detention centers. We don't need them in the court systems. We don't need them in remedial classes. We need them strong and vibrant. I'm tired of waiting on somebody to save us. We are the people we've been waiting on. Why don't you join my GPS partners and fulfill your call to help those in need worldwide? And let's start with our own children. Visit tdjpartners.org today. God knows who he is, and he has the courage to be himself when others are not. Do you? For your gift to the ministry of any size, you will receive A Brighter Day on CD from Bishop Jake's illuminating series, Walk On. If you admit I can't see as good as I would like, God said I'll give a second touch, but I will only give it to an honest man. And when your gift is $70 or more, you will receive our three-message series, Walk On on DVD, and an audio form of the series on a USB thumb drive. How could I believe so much in God and be going through what I'm going through? When you are so good at believing in God, but you are so bad at believing in you. However, when your gift is $140 or more, you'll receive the Walk On 3 Message DVD series, audio USB drive, Bishop Jake's best-selling book, Instinct, and your very own Miracle Journal and Miracles Still Happen greeting cards, even during dark times. Walk On. Brighter days are ahead. I have a very unique role in life. Very few pastors have one foot in the leadership of the church and their other foot in the leadership of entrepreneurship, businesses, and government officials. I want to bring both feet into our International Pastors and Leadership Conference and help you and your staff to develop your vision. Whether you are in business or whether you are in faith, I've got a foot on it and I've got something to share with you that will make you better. saying, where is your God? Well, tonight you're going to get an answer. All the events and seminars, you can literally take a family vacation the entire week here. We've done Super Bowls, but to have an event that talks to the soul, that talks to the families, is something special. I love the Lord and I love Megafest. The three things everybody needs in order to survive is food shelter and clean water. But for some, those can be hard to come by. The Global Partner System Initiative was created to help us reach every nation. 
Through our international humanitarian outreach, MegaCare, we provide food, clothes, clean water, and medicine to areas around the world. Visit tdjpartners.org to become a part of our global partner system. Feel free to reach out to us on social media and share your story of how God is impacting your life. We look forward to seeing you next time on The Potter's Touch.